Welcome to Latin American Intersections, where we explore the intersection of business, geopolitics, and social impact in the Latin American and Caribbean region. Our team is here to bring you the insights you need on current events from leaders and experts in the public, private, academic, and civic sectors. Latin American Intersections is presented by Ozilold Group, a consultancy focused on stakeholder relations and alternative risk reduction, building collaborations across sectors and industries to improve outcomes for clients and communities. Please keep in mind that the opinions, ideas, and information discussed on this podcast are those of the individual host and guest and do not necessarily reflect the official stances of organizations they are affiliated with. Be sure to follow at LATAM Podcast on your social media, share an episode or two with your friends, and send us your questions about the region. And don't forget to rate us on any of your favorite podcast apps. All right. Good evening, everybody. I am here once again with John Polga and Brian Fonseca, and they have some updates for us on Venezuela. So without much ado, let's go ahead and jump right into it. John, could you summarize uh, what has happened in the last week or so or in the last? I thought you were going to say in the last 12 hours. Um, (laughs) Or the last 12 hours. The last 12 hours. (laughs) Uh, supporters of Juan Guaido and the Unidad Democrática uh, were convened uh, to to peacefully protest in Venezuela, and they took to the streets in Caracas and a number of cities across Venezuela. And we saw similar marches here, where I am in Washington D.C., down in South Florida, where uh, where you both are, or where you both usually are. Uh, in Madrid, in Santiago, Chile, in Lima, all over the place. Um, <clears throat> there was an important defection today uh, from a, a general in aviation, in the, in the Air Force, uh, who recognized Guaido as legitimate president. And there have been, throughout the day, messages and increasing, uh, an increasing sense among many in, in, we'll call it the opposition, that, uh, that Maduro's time is is running out and that people are slowly moving to, to back why though. Brian, what would you like to add? No, look last, last week when we did this, I gave John uh, a hard time about being excited and, and, and hopeful. And, and, and at that point I, I, I said, you know, look, uh, it, it was sort of the if versus when, if why though is able to maintain sort of intensity, right? then um, there's a chance that, right, sort of we could find, you know, ourselves at the point where democracy is on its way back, you know, to Venezuela. And, and, and you know, about a week later, I have to tell you, I'm just as excited as John was. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling it now. And, and, and now the question is no longer, you know, sort of um, – if Maduro holds on, it's when will that ha- when will Maduro fall? Right. I mean, it seems like that's kind of popping up now. In fact, I, I read some fascinating 
analysis coming out of um, a Russian analyst in Russia who follows this very closely. Yes. And, and, and he essentially said that, that, that Maduro's time is short. Um, and so it's, it's kind of fascinating. I, I think the defection was, was important. Um, but, but John, as you point out and what you've done on, on so, you know, sort of what you said on, on Twitter today was very fascinating that, you know, there are thousands of general officers. So one out of thousands is probably not, oh, it's not sort of over, overwhelmingly significant. Um, and I agree and I'll, but, I'll take, but I'll take the counterpoint, Brian. I'll, the counterpoint to that. So let, let's reverse roles, right? The right. counterpoint is uh, that, yeah, maybe there are thousands and you're being pessimistic. You're, you're echoing what I said this afternoon. But maybe the optimistic take, which is your earlier take today and what other people have been saying, is that, yeah, but this just wasn't any old general either, right? Right, uh, right. He was he has had a number of important roles within Chavismo and uh, in charge of distribution of 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 what of wheat is that of arenas of, of flour. I don't I don't and he's whatever the, in charge of, of planning strategic planning and strategic planning so, right. So he's not a he's not a nobody either right. He's not just one of the thousand you know generals who Maduro has named in the past five years or one of the many thousands of generals country so in that sense maybe you know maybe it is more significant yeah and i'll tell you one other thing it, it starts with one right and i think that's that's kind of why i'm a little pumped up i have to admit because it started it starts with one um i think that you know of course the timing of this has to be it doesn't have to be but but i suspect the timing of this may have some correlation to the mass protests that we saw today right um so i i think it's fascinating if 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 I, if I were looking for signposts, I would be looking for something like this, right? I'd be looking for yeah. a, a a general officer you know, who has a leadership position within the Venezuelan military to break rank, and he just did, right? Yanez did that today. Now, I will say, John, John, in our work, by the way, with Harold on Venezuelan military culture, you know, the Air Force plays a role. Uh, in the institution, but it's not necessarily uh, the branch of the military that's most that's closely right. aligned with the regime. That's the Army and the National Guard, right? I mean, they're probably the two branches that we would want to see fractures from, not so much the Air Force. But but still, this guy had to lead, right, troops, had to have some authorities over material support. So, again... We don't know what it means yet, other than what it is, which is a, a high-level defection. Uh, we'll there, see others start to roll. You made a great point earlier today, also on, on Twitter, on social media, Brian, which was that the difficulty and the, the reason that this is all a big coordination game is that generals or any officers or you know junior or senior officers who decide to, to defect need to do something strategically. If you do it too early, then you're stuck out in the cold. And you can be sanctioned by the, you know, the government that can be used to be recognized by the majority of the military leadership. But if you defect too late, then you then you face sanctions from the government replacing the one that you are friends with. It's finding the next resentment to try to ride the wave of everyone else defecting the world. Or being right on the cusp of that first wave and being sure that, that other people don't. 
Uh, and I think that's where we're at right now. Is I'm, I'm anxious to find out what's going to happen tonight, what's going to happen when it's Monday, there's some activities plans on Monday. But what's going to happen then? Are all the people going to affect? Is this going to be a standalone? I don't, I, I, I don't think it's a standalone, but... Hey, John, there's another amazing thing that happened today, right? And, and that's the video footage of police forces, military forces, security forces out that were there to control protesters that essentially in, packed up and went home. In Barquisimeto, right? In, Bar- in, in the fourth yes. largest city in the country. Uh, they essentially decided that they were going to be on the side of, of the protester and they were not going to repress I agree that that is significant. So the defection of the general, sort of the Russian analyst, you know, who's, by the way, in in a silo in Russia, going rah, rah, Maduro, breaking, right? (laughs) And now now you got um, essentially a a unit (laughs) saying, hey, we we, we didn't necessarily press, um, but you know, we're just going to kind of pack up and walk away. Right. Those three things that happened to, I think, are, again, the Russian analyst is, uh, you know, probably least important. But the fact that in Russia, they're now asking the question of when, not if, about Maduro's falling, I think is important. But but um, but 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 the defection of the military off the military general and combined with sort of the the, you know, the pro- the protester that, by the way, the sustained and, and even more intense protests today. Right. Than last week and global coordination, right? You said it, John, in Lima, in Santiago, in Buenos Aires, in Miami, in Washington, right? I was at Doral earlier, um, you know, little little Caracas here in Miami. I was there in Doral a few hours ago, and you, I mean, you couldn't get into the park, and this right. is a large park. There had to have been right, thousands right. of people, thousands of people there. In fact. It, it was interesting. There was a big event that was that had been scheduled for for months to go on in a park about a mile away, and so much money got dumped into like this big planning of like uh, outdoor right in the hub of Venezuela. Nobody was there. They were all at the they were all at the rally. Wow, wow. So it was it, you know so this so so the sustained protest, the intensity of the protest. I mean that was one of the things that we talked about I think last week is that. You know, hope can fade, and that's what you right. don't want here. You, people need to stay in the streets, and uh, and they were out in the streets today, and and so uh, I I get the sense, and then sort of tracking the social media patterns of the government, there there's some you know there's some nerves going on there, and and then by the way they went and let uh, Maduro take his gold out, right? Um, his gold ingots. His gold ingots that he was going to send to the United Arab Emirates. In Great That's right. And now yes. the United States is starting to apply pressure on Turkey and UAE, saying, "Don't play those games." That's right. This is fascinating. I mean, I mean, I, I was thinking about this earlier, and I won't, I won't take up a, a lot of time. But I was thinking about this earlier. What message would this send to the international community about the power of diplomatic and economic instruments of national influence? I mean, we, 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 we always talk about the military as being sort of the brunt end. But yes. here's a case in which in, in sort of in an era where the efficacy of democracy is being challenged constantly by authoritarian regimes like China and Russia. Right. When we when we struggle to make any headway in places like Syria here, we 
we sort of see a resurrection of, of strong multilateral diplomatic and economic efforts. And if this collapses, man, that would be, in my opinion, um, a win, you know, for sort of peaceful world order. I, I think, Brian, to your point about hope first, you're absolutely no. on that, that this seems to be a more hopeful moment in contemporary Venezuela than in, in other recent times. There's a big difference between 2017 and, and now in terms of the size and style of anti-government protests. In 2017, it seems like people were, were protesting because they were just angry and tired, but there didn't seem a lot of hope, right? It didn't seem right. to me, and I think that the, the sensation... Uh, of people I know who were there on the ground is that it was more of a last-ditch effort than anything else. Whereas now, it feels like Maduro is weak and uh, and barely clinging to power, and so people feel emboldened. Uh, the opposition feels emboldened, right, to go out and uh, and exercise their right to, to, to protest. Um, now, all of that being said, it's not all sunshine and, uh, nope. you know, <laughs> sunshine and rainbows, sunshine and rainbows. Thank you. Um, there's, there's been a lot going on. There were, there was an enormous so the wed- pro Maduro rally today as well. In, yeah, but in the, come on, man. Those, those, those guys were bust out. There. Wait, 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 wait. I think those were, I think those were soldiers. We're getting to the crazy. Right? So an enormous pro Maduro rally. If you look at the pictures, maybe a little more than half the people are wearing the Chavista red, right? And those are people probably uh, government workers and other people kind of forced by the government to go and and, and show, quote-unquote, support for, for Maduro. But there are also people dressed in beige or in khaki, and those people are part of the milicias, right? The, the right. militias armed by Chavez. Right. Do, you know how many, do you know how many people belong to the, to the national militia? Brian or Mike? I, I don't Not either. Because Actually, nobody the, knows. The head of the national militia doesn't know how many members belong to the national militia. No. And you know what's fascinating? It's not even just one. There are there are several militia and paramilitary groups yeah. operating yeah. in Venezuela. And that to me, and I mentioned this on Twitter earlier, I think that's the next big fight. Right. Let's say you do have a fall of the regime. Look, these guys have been have been invasive in illicit drug trafficking. Check out Insight Crimes work that they've done on sort of looking at militia in group in, in sort of uh, uh, illicit trafficking groups. Or, Excellent piece. Or yeah, my fourth guy going to just chapter, walk uh, away in, in a volume edited by Jonathan Rosen, or another forthcoming book chapter in a book edited co-edited in part by Brian Fonseca. Yeah, boy, it's coming. <laughs> if I can get it done. <laughs> Who's that guy? But I'll, I'll tell you, I will tell you that that could be a big, big issue going forward. These guys are not just going to lay down, you know, their loot and walk away. Well, it's not go. just that they're going to lay down their loot and walk away. Maduro actually that's called true. on them today Let to me... join the Fon yeah, Bay. That's right. The, the that's right. Get a uniform on now. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Imagine, imagine. What, what, did, what did the Cubans call this? I'm sorry. What did the Cubans call this? The, the a, you know, defense of the people, right? The, what is it? The defense of the Puebla? Uh, you know better. 
yeah, I'm just, the, the, it's the mm-hmm. doctrine of the people, right? War, the, war by the people. And so it's like, you know, look, if you're, if, if you're a bystander, right. you're wrong, right? If you're on this team, you're in a uniform and you, and you got a rifle in hand. Well, I think, I think that's bad news. I, you know, I think it is bad news. Right. Unorganized groups are, uh, are fair game to, to evolve into something dangerous. If a situation now, Brian and John, Brian and John, I have a question about the other side, though. And, and Brian, you said this earlier, that you've got a lot more, uh, I guess, you're kind of catching on to this hope that's going on. Now, you said that sometimes hope can fade, right? Well, well, sometimes hope can fade, but I'd also like to postulate that sometimes hope can also fracture. And what my question is, is how united is the opposition at this point? Are, they, are, are, are we past all of the issues that they had in the last three, four, five, six years, or whatever we want to call it. And are they no, actually man. united behind Glady, no, though? Or look, is there possible fissures that can be exploited? Mike, this is fake it you make it. Okay? Um, fake it till you make it. At the end of the day, the opposition mm-hmm. um, is, does not have power yet. Right? And in fact, I think Maduro went, went you know, kind of um, tried, to, tried to, to do a little sort of punk card move by uh, calling parliamentary elections up earlier. Right? Uh, as a means of trying to you know, do a referendum on the on the National Assembly, but you know, it was right, to replace if it's a, some of those if it's a legitimate election. But 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 again, I I think of that course. the opposition is still the opposition. I think that there's a rallying around Wido again. Yes. No one knows, yes. right? But 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 if if the opposition is smart, they will continue to fake it till you make it. And this also is to John's point. I was going to say, Maria Corina Machado already came out and said that she was going to be a presidential candidate when elections came, came around. Yeah, when, when so. that happened, you'll start to see that. But, but, but I think that right now, again, fake it till you make it. Uh, you'll, get a, you'll get a cadre of potential um, you know, contenders for, for the elections. Um, but until that happens, right, I, I, I think that the, the, the opposition, it's in the best interest of the opposition to appear as a united front. I think they're united. I think that they're more united than ever. They're united, not just in their anti-Madurismo right now, but they're united behind the, the figure or the symbol of Guaido, because he's more of a symbol than anything else. What does Guaido believe? If you ask a Venezuelan on the street, what? What, are, what is the ideology of Juan Guaido? Could they tell you if he's a social democrat or a Christian democrat? Is all he's regarding the economy is the Maduro? No, they have no idea what he is. I mean, he's a he's a he's an international socialist, right? I mean, at the end of the day, it, it's funny. I was I was arguing with somebody the other day about, um, you know, Trump backing up a right wing, <laughs> right wing government in in Venezuela, and, and I smirk and laugh only because if there was a person Trump would not support in another country, it would be a climate changing believing, LGBTQ supporting socialist. In another country, right? I mean, that's essentially what what Wido is, right? Oh, I, I I understand your point, although I disagree. I think I think if he yeah. Hey, John, I think can you John. not hear me? 
John, I think we've been having some trouble hearing you throughout the last 20 minutes. I didn't want to say anything. I didn't, I didn't know if it was my phone oh, or no, not. You're no, no, just just no. for small points. And, and But go ahead and repeat whatever you just said, but slowly, slowly. Okay. Sure. Tell me why I'm wrong. So, no, I was just going to say just about Trump. I think that he is very transactional. So I think that if, if he had if there were money at stake, uh, he'd be very happy to support uh, a socialist pro, you know, recognition of climate change being man-made LGBTQ uh, rights kind of kind of. All right, so maybe I should have said Pence. Because Pence was in there Miami you uh, uh, yesterday. But I mean, you get my point. This is that Wido is not aligned right. with the Republicans in the White House. Right. Um, I I think that there are two important issues that we haven't talked about. If you guys can hear me, if if the listeners, if there are any listeners, can hear me. Much better, John. Whatever you're doing with your phone right now, just keep doing that. We're gonna have but, like but a hold whole on. training I have a session on how to do not this. Delay. Okay. But do you think people will stick through the podcast? Because again. There, or, or do we try it again? And I, I hate to do no, this. No, no, we're fine. It, the 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 drift wasn't that bad, actually. So, um, but okay. But yeah, um, for our audience, sometimes we do have connectivity issues. I mean, sometimes we're doing these from very remote locations to try and bring you the most up to date information as it's going. But in this particular I mean, John's case, in John, probably the most you. remote location you can get right now in Washington D.C. I'm in Northwest Washington D.C. <laughs> There you go. John, whatever you're doing with your phone in this exact second, keep doing that. Okay. So let's continue the, the conversation. Two things that have happened this week that we didn't talk about that we probably should rehash very quickly, at least. One of those is sanctions against PDVSA that they issued. And the second, second issue is uh, John Bolton's press conference uh, announcing the sanctions where he had a very cleverly uh, <laughs> cleverly um, open notepad, yellow notepad, with, you know, the word 5,000 soldiers written on it. So, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, wh- why is that clever? I mean, I, I thought that was a legitimate note that he legitimately has 5,000 so, soldiers on the board. So my question is actually to you, Michael, and to you, Brian, which is, could... Could the U.S. government, before I debunk it, I'd like to hear your take first. Maybe you want to debunk it first. Could the United States send 5,000 troops to the Colombian border to invade Venezuela? No. <laughs> no I, oh, I agree with Mike. No, no. Yeah. Why- whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, wait, wait, wait. No, 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 no. Because, you know, I like to stir stuff up. It could, right? Does it? I don't think Not so. Not at all. <laughs> right? I'll, I'll tell you one provision where it could. You know, Wido is moving forward with the requests of humanitarian assistance from the United States. Pence said, we are going to send humanitarian assistance to to Venezuela. Now, um, anyone that sort of lives in the sphere knows that the military is probably the best at moving large amounts of supplies into a particular country. It's often the best distributor of humanitarian aid, and we do have the capacity to do that. But that would have to be very carefully planned in a yeah. in sort of a post-Maduro regime well, atmosphere but, but, okay, and with a lot of regional is, support. And, and Eric Farnsworth said this to me a while ago. Eric Farnsworth at, at the Council of the Americas, um, he said this to me a while ago. He said, why don't we just sit it all on the border with Colombia and open up the gates? He's now, been saying that for a while. For for literally, I know a few years. Has been on that train, uh, 
and and is all and, and thinks that that is absolutely but now we, but okay the point is is that now we don't have to drop it and, and open up the gates we can actually drop it in Colombia and with with sort of uh and and then find alternative non maybe military means of moving it into the country particularly if you can get the OAS and the UN on board right sure. um and and so so again uh, that's a far ways away from having 5,000 um, hardcore Marines uh, on the border. They, they wouldn't send the army because I mean, the army doesn't do much, but, but the Marines, they might send that. They might send the Marines. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's oh. fired, Michael. Listeners. Okay, don't worry. They're coming right back at you. If I wasn't so tired. <laughs> that was a typical, point. typical army excuse. The if typical army excuse. Tired, I would have won that war. I get it. I get it. But the oh, and I, you know, also reach this is there's there's no invasion planned. There's not going to be an invasion. No. It's not going to be the gringos going in and and no. or something. Um, that that was. Look, pure. I don't see that. Could could there be a scenario in which the U.S. military is deployed? Yeah, there are a few. I I think you know one. If you have a, a violent reaction from those still entrenched with the regime and, sure. and lives are being lost, yes. If you have maybe, um, you know, a, a, a violent attack against the opposition, maybe. If you have harm to American personnel still on the ground, maybe. I, I think those are three scenarios in which the, the U.S. military could be deployed. Uh I mean, even those are relatively I think it's... distant possibilities at this point, in my opinion. Here's the problem, Mike. Here's the, John, Mike, here's the problem. The president of the United States of America has put it out there. He has put a red line, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Well, I have a point on that, but, but go but, ahead and but, finish. But, but okay. All right. Forget red lines if you don't want to, but he's kind of backed himself into a corner and maybe Marco Rubio is not in the same kind of predicament that Trump because Marco's not up for re-election in 2020. He's up for re-election, I think, in 2022. But, but the point is, is that the point is, is that, you know, we're, we're going to come up on, a, on an election here soon. Florida is an important state. South Florida is, you know, Venezuelans are in important constituency in South Florida. Yeah, I, I think by that, I think that's that, that's relatively true. But relatively, let me give you my opinion on this. Mike, relatively, <laughs> it is true. OK, it's true. Okay, it's thank true. You. But let me give you my opinion as far as what 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 I think of the administration's red lines. And that is that um, and I don't know, maybe, John, you agree with me on this. The whole fact that John Bolton was holding that, you know, note written on, you know, a, a very on a on a piece of paper like that. Very visible. Yeah, it's it's to me it, to me, if the red lines of the administration are are signaled through what what. I'm sorry. It amounts to a cheap stunt, in my opinion. Mike, and if Mike, that is on. how they're going to hold signal on, those red on. lines, I agree. Hold on. I agree. Off, no, John, don't start. Hold on. Here's the problem. Thank you for agreeing with me, John. Cheap Can we gang up on is, Brian this time? Look, the problem is I, I gave three scenarios in which the U.S. military could be deployed. I'm not talking about the 5,000 troops on the border that don't exist. I'm talking about three scenarios in which the the the, the administration could be. Could, I'm saying uh, no one will take it seriously. the The idea of someone of, of us deploying anyone there isn't going to be taken seriously if these are the kinds of ways that they signal those but, possibilities. But Mike, that's not what they were you see what I'm saying? So that's my opinion. There's a difference. Hold on, hold on. It's important. There's a difference between the threat of military force and the use of military force. Both oh. are legitimate. 
Both are legitimate instruments of power. It's damaging, Brian. It's damaging for Maduro to be able to show up to his rallies, show a picture of John Bolton with a yellow notepad, and say, the gringos are going to invade us. Of course. Look, man, I am not, I'm not saying it was the right move or not. Listen, I remember all of the first. And it was cheap. I, I'm sorry. In my opinion, it was cheap. And I don't mean to turn this into like some like, type I'm not of, talking you know, about a, a, the mic pad. Show. I'm not talking about the notepad, buddy. The mic pad. The mic pad. <laughs> hey, I'm not talking about the notepad. I, I'm saying that's insignificant. <laughs> what I'm saying is that the, the administration has kind of backed itself into a space here where it's almost promised change. It's almost not, it's guaranteed change in some form. And, and that, that's important to at least keep in mind. Again, I'm not talking about the notepad. Again, was it a silly trick? I'm, I'm sure talking about the notepad in the context that if, this, if the administration and its, its threat of the, the possible use of force want to be taken seriously, then moments like this, I no, don't think no, no, lend credibility to that at all. Look, but that's my, that's my only point. I got it. You're wrong on this. I, I, mean, I, I, remember, <laughs> I remember I was one of the first to come out. I'm sorry. I, I'm not that well known in this space anyhow. But I was very early to come out after Trump's comments and said, man, what are we doing? We're going to embolden the military. We're going to force them to dig in. Right now we're going to unify them by, by, by the threat of force. Until I had a Venezuelan come up and sit in my office and tell me that's not what we understood on the ground. What we understood on the ground is if you don't put the weapons down, you're going to have to face the American military. It was, it was a means of trying to use the concept of gunboat diplomacy. That is the threat of the use of force as a means of trying to shape behavior. You know, at the end of the day, the military has got to think, do we, do we, well, now, hold on. Now, it ha- John, there has to be credibility to it. And right now, no one knows whether or not the U.S. military will be deployed or not. We're saying no. What do you think about that, John? So. Let, I, I want to hear John's response to That's all that. That's because Go I ahead. disagree with you, Mike. That's not fair. And, and John's agreeing with me. That's why I want to I hear what John says, at least partially. Go ahead. Uh, I, I think it's a cheap stunt. Um, I think it's. Kind of- I'm not talking yes. about the cheap stunt. Yes. You guys are missing the big picture here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I thought I was on the mic with two brilliant. Oh, come on. This isn't you're about Venezuela. <laughs> Venezuelan situation will be resolved with Venezuelans in Venezuela and with multilateral pressure. And the best thing that has happened, which is working right now, exactly. which is that's that's my thing. The multilateral pressure, as you said, Brian, yes. but, but is working Mike, right Mike, now. John, understand something. The threat of the use of force is part of that multilateral pressure. It, it's not it's not a one off. I want you to think about something for a moment. Let, let me get the oh. thought out. If I'm glad we follow something. This is nice. You what, what was that? I'm glad we disagree on something. Finally. No, I don't think we disagree. I just think you've yet to understand and agree with me. <laughs> oh, my God, Marine. Listen, oh, my God. Listen, hold on, hold on, hold on. When, when Marco Rubio started to blast out there that all options were on the table, and when the president said all options were on the table, and when everybody was going, what was happening? We had the 23 of, of January movement. There was some mobilization. We had the international community rallying around the legitimacy of Guaido. The timing of that rhetoric was meant to supplement the oh diplomatic instrument. Who, who's paying you? This is because you've met Pence. Who's paying you? No, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> when, when did Bolton make that statement no. 
of the 5,000 troops when he was taught, when he was delivering news about the sanctions. You guys, come on. See, Again. Brian's been a talking head for too many days this week, no, John. Listen, I think that's the issue. Listen, <laughs> listen, and I'll tell you, BBC has yet to pay me. and I've gone on seven times. I'm starting to get a little frustrated. But listen, the point I'm making is... What channel haven't you been on this week, Brian? I can't think. Well, Fox hasn't put me on, that's for sure. <laughs> they don't like me. Oh, but, yeah, we, we passed that one off. No, but listen, but listen, in all honesty, I mean, seriously, uh, I'm not saying it's cheap or not. We can look at it through our lens. It's about... What, what's the sort of strategic community? What's the information operations there? operation there? It's meant to raise the question as to whether or not the administration will use force if necessary, right? No one knows the answer okay. to that. We, we think the answer is no. The answer is the Americans. The Americans I just bluffing. think there's better ways of doing it. I, but that's just me. Well, I, what, again, let, let's get into the next value. topic. No, but hold on. I'm listen, not, listen. I'm not placing a value judgment on it, and I haven't once said it was a good or bad thing. I'm trying to get you to understand the audience, the, the listeners, uh, to at least you know, uh, question whether or not there's intentionality behind it. It's not meant as sort of the tip of the spear anymore. We're not going down there with the troops as part of the tip of the spear. We're working through multilateral diplomatic and economic instruments of national power. And, and I think that's where the focus should be. I here's here's my thing. And John, catch me if I'm wrong, but I feel like little. We're, I'm going to call it the cheap stunt again, just for lack of a better word. I think it detracts from the multilateral pressure that is going on right now. Absolutely that, that's not. my opinion. Because the pressure isn't for Maduro. That's the thing. You're missing it. The, the message isn't to Maduro. The message is to the military. The threat of force, Maduro doesn't have to face it. He's not going to pick up an, a, a weapon and go stand the streets across. But that's if the military takes it seriously. I don't know. It's a stunt. Who cares? But but no, he doesn't. He's not sure. Yes. It's like a, look, man. I was just talking. I was just talking on Friday to the architect of of the. Uh, you'll love it. To the architect of the um the the the. So I don't know how to phrase this without without sounding bad. Anyway, he was part of the U.S. invasion in Panama. I was having breakfast with him on on uh, on. Uh, <laughs> It, when I say well, that part, did sound pretty bad, Brian. No, no, when, I say, when I say he was part of, he was in the, he look, he was in the Pentagon during that period, and we were having breakfast as part of a larger group, not just me. Sure. Uh, I wasn't working with him on planning the invasion of this way. Let's, but look, we were having breakfast, and and he started talking about the psychological operations in Panama. I okay. mean, I bet you there were a lot of people going, "Oh man, playing you fought the law, and the law won." Uh, loud and on speaker to, to Noriega was a bad move. But, but it, it was all part of psychological operations to soften things up. Now, we did go in, well, right? The military was on mm. the ground, and it wasn't, it wasn't pretty for the entire duration of the operation. So, remember, so what you're saying is you know what, Brian? Zeal notepad is the, is the PSYOP equivalent of, I fought the law and the law won. Law won, yes. So it was Wait, funny, though, because I remember. Here's, so he was telling me about Brian, how Brian, here's my fighting. thought on that. Wait. No, hold on. He was telling me about how they were fighting okay, over the playlist in Panama because they wanted to make sure the playlist said stuff. It was just, like, silly. It was, it, was, it was heavy metal music, but it was also music that was designed to, like, play with his mind. And, and so at the end of the day, look, there, there is no one, no one knows whether or not the U.S. military will be deployed to Venezuela. Nobody outside of the White House and the small group of planners going on in the Pentagon knows whether or not there is any intention to use the military. 
the whole point. Brian, of, fair enough. It's not fair. It's fair it's enough. Fact. But my thought. It's fact. But the my, point. Fair enough. No, no, fair enough. But my thought, my thought on that is this. And this is one of the issues that I, I kind of take with, with certain people in this administration. And that is to me, that stunt as, as psyops, if we're going to assume it's that, is, is reminiscent of what I would call old thinking. I think that that does not have the desired effect that it might have had in, say, the 1980s or, or when, when other certain methods were used. It doesn't, it, to me, certain things don't apply in our social Mike, media world, Mike, for instance. Multi, that, I'm just saying. I with that. In fact, it's amped up because of social media. The, the rapid pace it's amplified, of, but it can also be quickly diminished in ways you that, can't, that that's my point, uh, you, you can't diminish it. You, who no one saw knows. That? All their eyes immediately at how obvious a, a, a hint that was. Of course, that's our not But okay, but okay, are you if you're on the ground, right? I mean, none of us are. If you're on the ground and you're the Venezuelan, you know, soldier, kind of walking the fence line, right? You might think man, everybody's telling me it's a bluff, but what if, what if it's not, I mean, that's, that's, there's a difference for us to sit here and say, ah, that was stupid. It's obvious. Of course we see that, but, but we're no. not the intended so, audience. I, if I'm, if I'm on the ground, I say, screw those gringos. Let's go fight them. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Wow. Because I, don't, I don't know about that either. John, I, I don't know. No, I have to you jump know why you here. wouldn't? And John, come on, man. You, you wrote the piece. Because you've never fought a war in your life. That's right. Oh, that's the right. The have never fought a war. These guys are not hardened war fighters. They didn't sit there in the jungles with the with the FML. I mean, with the with the FARC or the ELN. That's right. Right. They're not out in Syria on the ground. Fair. These they, are not war fighters. It is what they, they repress at best. Sure. You know now. Guys, I want to go ahead and wrap this up. So Mike, let's go ahead and, and put this right now. And you're trying to pull the plug. Not at all. I got to, I got to do things. You know, I'm, you know, I'm on the clock right now. We have to wait to talk and speak about sanctions when we record next weekend. Uh, maybe, maybe that let's go ahead and wrap and, and do our, um, let's go ahead and stop beating this dead horse right it's now. Not a dead and... horse. I'm right. You're wrong guys. Just accept it. Just all right. All right. John, John, let's just agree. Let's agree that Brian's right. Wink, wink. All right. Now, uh, okay, so the final five minutes, what is the most significant event or thought that you have on what's gone on in the last 12 hours? Uh, John, two minutes, go. Well, the most significant event is that there's still momentum. And I mean that because yes. it's, a very, it's a very safe answer. It's, it's momentum with people protesting the, the regime, and it's momentum with higher-ups in the military continuing to question their loyalty to Maduro, uh, which is to say, when we spoke a week ago, we didn't know what was what was going to happen, what today was going to be like. Um, and right now, I think that we are closer to the end of the Maduro regime and the Maduro government than we were seven days ago. Uh, and I feel more certain of that. That's all. Brian? Very good. And Brian, two minutes, go. First of all, I disagree with everything John – no, I'm kidding. I think John's absolutely <laughs> right. So I'm going to answer a different question, Mike. What are we looking for go next? For it. Here's what I think we're looking for next. We're looking for whether or not the international community will continue to apply diplomatic and economic pressure on Venezuela. We're looking to see if Juan Guaido is able to further reinforce an alternative government in Venezuela. We're looking for other military senior officers 
or serious fractures throughout the institution to occur. And we're looking to see that the streets remain filled with hopeful Venezuelans looking to see the restoration of democracy in their country. One more thing. We're looking to see that the people in Western Caracas are taking to the streets the way they did a week ago. Yeah, that's a good one. Yep, absolutely. We're, we're waiting to see the people who are, are, are living Chavista strongholds or what used to be Chavista strongholds in Petare, in Katia, and other places come out and also protest the Maduro government. So, John, from those areas, there's been very little participation in these movements so far. Yes, there was there was participation last week, uh, and there were yeah last week there was yeah, and and I'm not sure, right? So I I can only speak. I'm not in Venezuela. I can only speak to the things I've seen on social media today. Um, Although I've been obsessively reading Twitter all day, Um, but you you, you both, man. Yeah, from what I can tell, however. my wife's going to leave me if I don't put the phone down. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm ending with this, which is basically just. No, no. I meant the fact that I'm on Twitter all day long. Oh, yeah. No, mine too. Uh, yeah. But basically, I didn't get a great sense that those people had joined these um, these protests today. That Because it was more of an organized march. It was a lot of people from the wealthier parts of, of Caracas and not the poor parts. I could be mistaken, but from what I have read on social media, that's what I understand. No, oh, that's a great point. That's a great point. Those are great points. Thank you guys for summarizing, so excuse me, for summarizing all of that. Um, I don't have anything to add, but I think this has been a good conversation and I want to pick this up again within the next few days to see where we are at. And, of course, we want to always prove Brian wrong on this particular show. You can't. Um, I'm not placing a value (laughs) judgment on it. I didn't place a value (laughs) judgment on the psych op. I simply said that was the intention. This is another Twitter poll. It's Brian wrong. I'm going to Twitter poll. I I am. And, John, if you don't don't poll up for me, man, I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> hey guys, all I gotta say is I think it's way past our bedtime. I'm gonna go ahead and post this as is. So to our audience, thank you for listening and bearing through um, oh, no our audience. little discussion here. It's just the huh? There's no audience. It's just <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, true. we're gonna have an audience listening to it once I post it. So we are good to go. All right. All well, right. Look, good night, everyone, starts, and be hold safe. On, hold on. If your audience starts complaining about the quality, then you take it down and bring us back on. Seriously. Yes. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Michael is recording from no, I think we're Puerto good. Rico. So that's the reason. That's the reason, everyone. It's not me in Washington. Look, it's it's the Puerto Rico. Except I can hear except I can hear Brian perfectly. Uh, that's because Mike, you're faking that you're in Puerto Rico. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I am down here building partnerships, people. This is a lot of where you are. This is unbelievable. I think the Russians the Russians hacked John's phone. That's what it is. It might be. Yeah, they want you, John. Guys, it is bedtime. Good night to everyone. Good night to our audience. And uh, we will pick this up again next Good week. night, guys. All right. Catch you later. Bye, Good guys. night, guys. Thank you for listening to Latin American Intersections. If you enjoy our podcast or find it insightful, please be sure to share with your friends and colleagues. Hasta la próxima. See you next time.
A big thank you to Kasim Sultan of Sad Boy Music, who is working diligently to improve our audio as we develop our production techniques. Sad Boy Music offers competitive rates for recording, editing, mixing, mastering, music production, video editing, and motion graphic design. You can follow Sad Boy Music on social media at 5ADB0iMusic.